everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. And now, here are your hosts, Sean Keibel and John Mikulski. Welcome to the Tightwad Teacher, Episode 15, Resource Spotlight Show Me app for October 18th, 2011. Uh, I am John Mikulski, and joining me, uh, as always, is Sean. Hey, Hello, Sean. everybody. Uh, how's it going, Sean? You have a new, you, you've been in a new job. This is like your, your post update now. We've, you've been there for a week, isn't that right? Uh, well, actually just two days right now. Uh, uh, the district that I'm at, uh, celebrated Columbus Day as a holiday. So, uh, I actually started on Tuesday and we re-record the show on Wednesday. So, uh, two days in the uh, record books and, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I'm sure I mentioned this in the past, but I'm going from the smallest classification of school to the largest classification of school. Right. And uh, so there's a little bit of culture shock. And, you know, I'm there's so many more faces to get to know and names to memorize and uh, so many different systems that they, they utilize. You know, pretty much all of their systems are different than what I used in the past. So, um, you know, having that that background helps because you can learn these systems a lot faster. Uh, but it's still, it's a mountain to, uh, you know, just to pick up on. And, uh, there's a whole other mountain of new passwords for me and everything. Oh yeah. So. Well, and I, I know not a little different scenario, but I know we, we have a, a new teacher on our team this year. And, um, and we've talked a little bit, the last teacher actually was, uh, we've had some problems where, uh, because of, of money issues, we've had to let people go just, because of you know, budget cuts and things, and that was kind of the situation. So one had to be uh, released for that, and then another one came in. And uh, so we talked about the previous teacher, you know, every once in a while, what she's done in the past or what she did last year. And at one point, the new teacher said said to me, "Well, I kind of feel like sometimes it's like you know, like a relationship. You're talking about your ex when I'm nearby because I don't know if I should be jealous or if I should be listening to what <laughs> someone did before. So I don't know." Uh, what the situation was in, in your new district before you, you joined, but I don't know. Do you feel like the new guy? Like, are people talking about the way it was before yet, or is it still too too early for that? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, my predecessor is uh, still with the district. Uh, he moved into a different position, uh, so which was kind of a promotion for him. But uh, but yeah, you do kind of feel that a little bit up front because they'll talk about how happy they were with. You know, oh, Matt was so <laughs> right. great, and you know we really loved him, and we we're gonna miss him, and all this kind of stuff. And you're kind of like, uh, okay, I'm standing right <laughs> here, I can hear you. <laughs> right, and of course they have no attachment to me yet, and, right. uh, but that's usually you know working as a tech. That's that's so often what happens is uh, you know you do get that rapport going, and uh, there's sort of a, a teachers kind of grow an attachment to you because you you're there to help them, you know, in their time of need. And, uh, once you've done that time and time again, um, you know, they, they really, uh, grow to appreciate you. And it, that's one of the great things about the job. So, sure. uh, I look forward to getting to that point, you know, so that's all the best I can do is just really dive in, get my hands dirty and, uh, you know, try to create as many of those positive experiences as possible. Yeah. And you're, you're not exactly a, a hard guy to get along with. So I imagine that'll come pretty quick. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it's funny, um, and you know, John, we've talked a little bit about this, but uh, you know, this district does have 
some Apple devices, you know, some Macs and uh, just about everything, you know, iPod touches and uh, iPads and so you name it. And so I'm already being presented with that as far as I'm having to support these devices and like kind of bite my tongue and not say anything, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, well, because and, and see, today's episode, you're going to be able to go back into work tomorrow and say, hey, I found this really great thing, because that's, that's what this whole episode's about today. Right, absolutely. And I have no problem with that, because, uh, again, my problem is not the devices or or really much of that at all. It's it's more about, you know, are we spending the money wisely? Um, so th- that's a little bit more of my concern. Uh, but, uh, yeah, getting in and... Uh, you know, supporting these devices, that's, that's obviously new for me. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously, I'm not going to bash them at all. Uh, uh, one, I know how important they are to the teachers and, uh, the administrative staff and everybody who's using them. So, uh, certainly don't want to do that, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And I'm sure there's going to be times when, uh, you know, <laughs> they have a problem. They can't do this, that, or the other. And, uh, uh typically like networking these devices and being able to have them interact on your network and access network resources can be a little bit of a challenge. Right. And, uh, so there's going to be those times when you have to tell them, well, you can't really do that on that device. And those are the times I'm going to really have to bite my tongue. (laughs) Right, right, right. But other than that, I'm okay. I, I actually look forward to it, you know, getting more time, uh, you know, interacting with those devices, seeing how they interact with them in the classroom. Uh, I think that's going to be great. Good. good. Well, and uh, I guess moving on, you, uh, you, you put in the show notes something about Quickster. Yeah. Uh, I had, I had to, I felt obligated to throw this into the show notes. I actually, I'm a Netflix uh, user. And of course, I don't think there's very many people out there who haven't heard all of the major changes that Netflix has been uh, making over the past several months. And uh, just a couple of days ago, I got an email in my inbox and it says, uh, well, we're not going to really be splitting the company up. You know, where they were going to split it up where if you wanted DVDs, physical DVDs, then it was going to be this other company called Quickster. And then if you wanted the streaming, that would still be Netflix. And the email was pretty blunt in just saying that uh, we're not going to do Quickster. So... (laughs) I don't know a ton about the story, but did you hear about the the Quickster brand um, uh, handle for Twitter and, and the issue that came up with that? Oh no, I hadn't heard that. It, it was back in like September when they first announced that they were going to be doing this split. Um, story goes there was some guy, I think it was a college kid, and he had the at Quickster handle on Twitter, and uh, he only had a few followers. It's just some kid, and after the night after they announced the the split, he started getting thousands and thousands of follows. And uh, he realized pretty quick that he was sitting on a, a moneymaker, and, and he started going back and forth trying to uh, sell his, his handle to Netflix. And I know he had posted at one point saying that he wanted, like, something in the six figures, and I oh, doubt wow. that ever happened. And I bet he's kicking himself not for, take, for, for not taking a, a smaller offer now that his, uh, <laughs> his handle is back to being worth absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's something to be said in there. There's some lesson there about uh, modesty or, or not looking a gift horse in the mouth, I guess. Yeah, hey, kid, you should have just took the ten grand and r- ran with it. Exactly, yep. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just thought it was funny, uh, uh, you know, that they're, I guess, backtracking so quickly. And I, I love that because... Uh, Think about just all of the social media and what a 
kind of outpouring of outrage that there was. And so it's great to see that, you know, the public has such a a louder voice now and, you know, companies, they, they have to react to these things now, you know, they can't just ram things down our throat and expect us to, to take it. Um, and I think this is just a great example of that. I'm really curious to see Netflix is a publicly traded company and I'm, I'm real curious to see like what their next quarterly earnings reports are because they have to have taken a huge hit with some of the things they've done recently. Oh yeah. Well that whole, just that whole business right now, like the movie business in general is, is just a mess. Yeah. That's something that I, I think we'll look back at now. Uh, you know, now's kind of the wild west of all of that, of, of oh, digital yeah. media, you know, movies and music and everything. And, you know, 10 years from now, hopefully we will have figured all that out and, uh, you know, it'll be somewhat under control and, uh, some, something that's reasonable for everybody to access. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know, and it, it's just funny to think back like, 10 years ago when movie night meant driving to the blockbuster and picking up a VHS or something. <laughs> right. Th- things are changing now. That's for sure. Yeah, and I don't know. It's funny that like that's what makes us old, right? Because I don't know about you, John, but I look back with fond memories on that, you know. Oh yeah, well, I, you know, I grew up in a real small town. Kind of sounds like uh, the last district you were coming from. So we didn't even have like one of the the big brand name like blockbusters. We had like this the little you know village world or video world or whatever it was called. <laughs> and so they they had like one row of VHS tapes, and it was one of those things where like you knew. There was only like 13 movies there that you actually liked, so you just always rented one of those 13 over and over again. <laughs> right. So, yeah, there's something very nostalgic about yeah. that. And we liked it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I know. It was like, and it, was, it wasn't it was even like the new movies. It was like the original like Jaws and the original Superman and, and those kinds of like, I guess you'd call them like cult classics now, but that's all this store ran. So you had that, and then there's a little section in the back where you could uh, rent the original like Nintendo like NES cartridges <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like if I was really good if I was really well behaved at night my mom or dad would let me pick up a Nintendo cartridge <laughs> <laughs> yeah those were the good old days <laughs> yeah, times have changed I guess oh well God, we are getting old aren't we right right yeah yeah exactly yeah that's that's kind of funny you know I, I wonder about like kids nowadays you know when they grow up and they they get to be in their, you know, uh, on into their 40s and 50s, you know, the stories they'll tell and how they'll be sounding like they're coming from old men. You know, we had these devices, they were called iPads, and right. everybody <laughs> wanted one. <laughs> you still had to touch the screen to make things happen. It was so dumb. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's the beauty of technology. It, it moves yeah. so quickly. Yeah, it makes us obsolete immediately. <laughs> Well, I guess speaking of iPads, that's a, a good segue to get into our, our guest today. So why don't we, we bring her on? Sounds good. All right. Well, here is uh, Kika Gilbert. Okay, let's bring on our guest for today. Uh, joining us is Kika Gilbert of Show Me. Uh, she's the community manager. Kika, how's it going? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Well, before we get started, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what your job is? Okay. Um, so I'm the community manager at ShowMe. Uh, ShowMe is an iPad app and a website. Um, the app is like an interactive whiteboard and allows anyone to create a video tutorial um, about anything that they, any piece of knowledge that they want to share. And then our website um, allows you to upload your your tutorials and lessons and share them with our open learning community. Um, so my role as the community manager is to 
um, build community, to be interacting with our community members, um, not only just to help them, but to, to grow it um, and make sure that, like, we're building this valuable resource for teachers um, and learners and any anybody who wants to learn. Well, and I have to say that this interview um, is kind of the, the byproduct of the work you do as a community manager because um, you contacted me, actually, uh, about a week and a half ago because I was using Show Me in, in the classroom, and you found that. And uh, so I thought that's kind of cool because you, you emailed, I don't even know if Sean knows this. No. Uh, you, Sean, <laughs> he emailed me and said, um, I saw that you were doing something in, in your classroom with this. Would you mind telling me about it? And I emailed her back and said, sure, would you mind being on my podcast? <laughs> so um, it just kind of kind of worked out well. Um, but before I, I kind of get into you know, my experiences with it, tell me a little bit more as far as that community manager. Is that typical for you to be reaching out and speaking with a lot of teachers, Kika? Um, I think so. I mean, in so we're a tech startup, so we're kind of, I mean, I feel a little bit, we're a little bit different than just any old just education company. Um, so for a tech startup, having a community manager is normally like a really valuable position. Um, and I think a lot of companies are finding that um, because in this day and age, uh, there's a lot for people to sort through and to, you know, find or discover, like, why they want to use this particular service and how they, you know, how they can help grow it. Um, so, yeah, so I think that it's, we find it to be really valuable um, and also, like, helps inform the product that we're building. If we can talk to teachers and do outreach and it just sort of ensures that we're not creating this really awesome thing in a bubble. Um, like, and, you know, absent of all input and influence from the real world. Yeah, it's almost like a, I guess almost like a grassroots campaign in a sense that you really are coming right down to the people who, who are using it day to day. Yeah, exactly. And I always, I like joke with people sometimes. So I've had experience as a grassroots community organizer, except when I was that, like no one ever wanted to listen to me. Right. Um, but now that I'm a community manager, it's like you add manager to anything and everyone's like, oh wow, that's official. Like that's, <laughs> that's really, that's good. Like you're doing a lot. So, um, right. having the manager helps make a difference and <laughs> makes me yeah. sound like I'm doing something. I, I have know. to, I have to jump in real quick and just ask because it's funny. This is kind of one of those jobs that, you know, that you always hear the quote that, uh, you know, X percentage of the jobs 20 years from now haven't even been created yet. Right. Hmm. And I, you're, you're living that you're, you're doing one of these jobs that, you know, 10, 15 years ago didn't exist. So how do you get, how do you go about getting into that line of work? What did you do? Um, well, so I, I mean, I studied art in college. Um, so I had no real experience. Um, but I had worked at a tech setup and then I worked in, uh, in a classroom, um, last year in a kindergarten in a, in a public school here in New York City. So I think that, and I, I mean, I've always been a very friendly person. And so when I like came time to be like, okay, I want to change positions. I like just did a lot of research and like, okay, these are my skills. I am friendly. I am motivating. Like I like to listen. Um, and I just did a lot of research and I'm like, oh, okay, like I match this. And it's, it's sort of like customer service, but it's like a cooler version of customer service. Um, cause it's also like a little bit of business savvy and customer acquisition. And, um, you need to be like really passionate about what you're sort of, you know, 
what the community that you're building is. And I knew that I was super passionate about education and that I wanted to make a difference in that. So um, I pretty much exclusively was looking to work in the education tech space. Um, so I don't, and I've been lucky because I just get to make this job, whatever I, you know, whatever I think the best version of it is. So did you, did you feel like it was a, a kind of scary leap of faith to jump out there with a the startup? Um, no, not really. I have only worked for a startup. I mean, not in a classroom, but I guess every sort of, any classroom is like a startup. Um, because you're organizing a team of people to do something that they don't really know how to do, um, or some version of that. It's a really nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always um, think I have a room full of eighth graders that don't know what they're doing, but yeah, I like that. It's a startup. That sounds good. Yeah, it's a startup. Like you're learning things, you're, you're, you're reiterating and trying something new and okay, it doesn't work. Back to the drawing board. Um, and you're like, you're building something for a whole year and then you move on to your next startup team. Um, I don't know. I, not to say that like all classrooms should be run like businesses or tech businesses because they absolutely should not, but, um, it's totally thinking. But no, um, I, I like working for, for smaller companies and working for people where I can like see everyone's face, you know, at any time I turn my head. Um, and it just feels like I'm, like I'm actually making a difference every day. Um, so that's cool. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about that difference a little bit. For people who haven't seen it, I know it's a, a pretty wildly popular app among, um, educators who are big on the, the idea of, of iPads and, and tablets and things. But mm-hmm. to start off, explain what exactly Show Me is for people who, who aren't, um, kind of in that, that cohort. I know Sean, for example, isn't a huge iPad guy. Uh, right. I don't. I don't know if you've even seen this. So explain. Explain for us. Tika, first of all, what exactly Show Me is, and then how you've been seeing it be used in in the classroom. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it is. It's a really simple app. Um. You open it up, and it looks um like a blank whiteboard. Um. And you can add pictures. You can um change colors of your pen. Um. And you can just record a lesson on anything. So it records, you know, your hand movement um, and your voice so you can teach about two-step equations or you can, um, you know, give an example uh, or, you know, a little piece of art history by importing an image and, you know, breaking down what what has happening in, in a painting. Um, and then you can then you take that. You can either embed whatever your video tutorial is on your website or you can upload it to our site or you can download it and, you know, create your own channel on YouTube as some people have done. Um, so it's, it's really good for a lot of things. Some people don't actually even wind up uploading their videos to the site. Some people use it purely for assessment in their classroom. So, um, I know like there's that Compass and Pinnell, those like the, I'm kind of, not sure what the standard, the core standards are, but um, you have to evaluate, you know, students in a classroom on a regular basis. And instead of, you know, doing it with little bears and knickknacks or blocks for counting in our kindergarten classroom, you can, I, there's a school in New York City who's using the, the Show Me app for this. So they take a student, they, you know, in their account, they, they import images or they ask them to solve a problem. And then they've been using that to, you know, in their assessments to say, oh, okay, this is an example of how the student understood this concept or sending it home to parents and saying, okay, this is how your child um, did in this assessment. You can see this example. This is where they can improve. This is where 
um, their strengths are. Um, so I've seen an assessment, and not just for math, that it's that it's really great. For reading, too, you can have a child like read aloud a page and use chunking and block out different parts of the words to help them. Um, so, yeah, that's one way. Um, another way is the flipped classroom model, which um, they, I don't know if you listened to EdChat, but EdChat last night on the that Tuesday, the 11th of October, was sort of all about flipped classroom. Um, and it was a really uh, intense debate about the values of it. Um, and I think that, that Shumi works well for the flipped classroom because it allows people to learn things at their own pace. Um, so a teacher can create a lesson or a tutorial, and then a student watches it at home, or they take what they've learned in class, and they can be watching it while they're finishing their homework at night. Um, so yeah, those are the those are two of the big ways that it's being used. Um, oh, it, if yeah. you look at the the original like Khan Academy videos that kind of inspired the whole flip classroom uh, model, mm -hmm. it looks like they were made with Show Me. Like it's exactly that same idea of just the basic white screen that you can write and annotate on. So uh, you really, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but Show Me kind of it, it hit that wave and and is riding it out now, and it seems to be really working well. Yeah, um, I think I actually was trying to look on Cora to see how he how um, he recorded the Khan Academy tutorials, but I, I can't find the answer right now. But yeah, it does look really it does look really similar. And I mean, there's so many great educators out there who have figured out their own way to without iPads to make something look like a whiteboard. Right. Well, and that's that's kind of my my favorite part about whiteboards is that record feature, and a lot of people don't even know it's there. Um, but that's what I'd always use it as, is to record and kind of narrate as you were doing work on the board. And this kind of makes it the same thing, only instead of needing the, the $2,000 uh, smart board or Promethean or whatever device you're using, it, it shrinks it down onto that iPad. Um, mm -hmm. Not, you know, granted, iPads cost a little bit of money. Yeah. You know, it's not really a, yeah. a free thing. Like I told a colleague at school, I was showing him what I was doing, and I said, yeah, and this app is free. And he said, well, free plus the $600 iPad, which I, I guess is a valid uh, a valid argument but yeah. yeah i mean it's it's that same idea and it really is taking one of the, the elements that i always thought was a really strong piece of using a whiteboard and it, it's making it much more easy to, to do and much cheaper to do as well yeah for sure i mean it's kind of when i i talk to teachers every day and i'm like okay tell me what you think and they're like it's so easy and i'm like okay like, tell me something else, like, because it's, I mean, it's almost so simple and so what they're used to that um, it's it just, like, slips right into, like, being usable, um, which is great for us, but, like, I want I want to hear, like, the nitty-gritty, and I want to hear complaints, and I want to be pushed to make something better, but everyone's like, I'm, it's great. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I know just in, uh, you know, working on the tech side and in trying to support teachers that... That's a very common request is how can I record this lesson? You know, I want to do this and be able to record it and uh, be able to play it back. And they know what they want to do, uh -huh. but they don't know how to do it. And the tools that were out there were really more for the advanced user or they just uh -huh. weren't very intuitive. So it sounds like this is really what you guys were shooting for, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, there's, apps out there that are similar that you can do other fancy things on, you know, import videos and other things. I think some of them are paid apps. I don't know which ones are free, but, um, yeah, it's, we, we could get, you know, more complex, 
but we would, you know, shut out people who are new to iPads, as many teachers are. Most of the, or not most, but a lot of teachers that I talk to, like, Zero app is the first one that I downloaded, or it's the easiest to use, like, what do I use next? Um, so it feels good that we're, we're in, and we're in that first group of apps that, like, teachers who are new to technology are using. Yeah, and the app is, is very, very easy to use, and I think in that simplicity is actually where the power comes in, because you really can use it for anything, and um, it's kind of cool if, if you don't know that the site is showme.com, and it's, it doesn't that sound dirty? Every time I go there, I always worry that, like, the filter at school is going to stop. Anyway, yeah. If, if you go to the site, you can see that's where everyone uploads to, and you can see some of the, the samples, and there's some really innovative and cool ways that you'd be using this. Um, and on top of that, really what that website is doing is it's creating a repository of um, lessons and videos and reviews that other teachers are making. So even if you are a teacher who doesn't have uh, have access to an iPad or you can't necessarily do this in your classroom, you still have those resources that other teachers have made. And I think that's a big piece to this that um, a lot of people kind of overlook. H have you seen that, Kika? Do you see a lot of people going and using the site as a resource as opposed to just the app? Um, right now, most of the teachers, like, that use it, if they, ha if they have an iPad, they're making it for their own students. Um, we do have some really top-notch, like, chemistry, um, teachers who are doing show me, or who are teaching show me's, and I know that I've heard of students who, who come to use it as a reference, and I've heard of other teachers who use, who use the site to see how other, like, other educators are teaching a particular lesson. Um, so we sort of have like three groups of, we, I mean, we have normal students who want to learn. We have teachers who are creating their own and using it as reference, um, or using other teachers showing these as references. And then we just have learners who, you know, are looking up things like they would on Wikipedia. Um, like, okay, how do I, how would I solve this? Or what's that concept in chemistry? Or like, how do I balance an equation? Um, type thing. So, yeah, there's like, right now I think there's three different, three different groups. Yeah, and, and I fall into one of those because I, I started using it really as a review tool. Uh, again, teaching middle school, I tell, I say everything at least eight times throughout the day because it's yeah. always, they need, in that age, you need that reinforcement. Yeah. So I used it kind of on the spur of the moment and we were, we were doing an essay. We were actually going over like the outline for, uh, like a process writing type essay. And, uh, I got tired of putting the same organizer on the, the whiteboard, you know, just on my regular chalkboard every period. So um, mm -hmm. the one that Keek actually found was me just talking in class and writing it on my iPad, and it was projecting. I had it hooked up to an LCD projector at the time. But it was just them watching it, and they didn't even realize it was recording. So the recording was actually pretty cool because in addition to being a view of the different, you know, pieces and elements I wanted in the essay, you could also hear me asking questions and other kids answering those questions. And, and I posted on the blog, and on our team blog, this is a, a review. And the next day it was actually kind of cool because one of the unexpected outcomes that one of the kids came up to me and said, oh, I, I made sure to show my mom so she could hear that I was answering questions in class. So it was, <laughs> it was almost like this little nice. PR piece too. And I, I never really uh, thought of that. And that's what I meant earlier by th this app really does have a lot of potential because it is so simple and um, you can do so many different things in class with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really, I, that's good to hear that, that they're using it to show their parents because um, that was something I was thinking about earlier, that it's like, it's so awesome that, that parents could, can then, you know, watch something and learn. And like, I mean, there's so many like comedy, you know, sitcoms where a kid comes home to do the homework and the parent pretends that they know what's going on and then they make a big joke. <laughs> Or they get all stressed because they're like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And like, 
there's like this whole hoopla about it. Um, I feel like that's on every like TBS rerun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this sort of like gets rid of that. It's like they can watch it and be like, oh, they, the parents can learn something along or relearn alongside their child and also feel like they know what's going on in class or if they're like, hmm, like I have more questions for the teacher to better support you and they can just be on the same page. And that's what I think is really awesome. Or even uh, maybe be a little bit more understanding when they're, when their child's struggling with something, you know, you look yeah. back at some of that stuff and you go, this isn't as easy as I remember it being. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah. That's, hopefully that's because of the content, not the teacher. I hope none of my, my parents watch my video and went, this guy has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, um, you know, keeping, is that where, where this app is going? Are you planning on keeping it real simple or are there new things on the horizon that, that are going to make it a little bit more versatile but at the same time a little bit trickier? Like what's the, the long-term vision for this app? Because it's fairly new, isn't it? Yeah, so this version of the app has probably been around since, I want to say April, I might be uh, wrong on that date, but, and then we released uh, our beta in June. Um, so it's only, yeah, it hasn't been out that long, but I mean, the long-term goal is to ha to be an open learning community where, um, like, schools can be sharing their content, individual teachers can be sharing their content, like, tutors, like, just being a, a community where it's a really valuable place to learn. Um, so we're sort of like trying to do that as, as however we can. Um, but in the short term, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to make the, the app. So right now they're really separate, the app and the site. Um, one is for creation and one is for consumption. So we're, we're trying to put them together and on the app have some of that consumption and discovery of, of videos and lessons and knowledge, um, to have those, uh, you know, those, those actions be, be there as well. Um, so yeah, and we're, we're trying to think of, of how, how we should actually, you know, the interactions on the website and the app should go, should they be the same as what happens in a classroom? Like, you know, students often work in small groups. So should we have some sort of function where people can watch show me's together and ask questions of each other, or ask a teacher a question and, and get feedback, um, to sort of, and be, be a platform for that. So there's, there's lots of things that we can do, but we, we want to make it, um, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. So we want right. to make it as, as close to what a, a normal learning experience is like, but also not just do the same old thing and, and be a little bit disruptive and, and, you know, innovative and, you know, some, some way to create a sort of a, a different way um, to learn that's still effective. Well, let me ask another question then, because um, I was just kind of thinking about this myself. Have you seen a lot of um, videos posted and shared on that site that are actually student created, like as that authentic assessment piece. Um, have I seen student created shamis? Yeah, I have. I actually just spoke to a class today, um, in Shelby, North Carolina, um, that uh, they they were it was a biology class, um, and they created their own shamis in groups. They only had one iPad in the class, but they got in groups. They planned out, you know, an example of. Um, I mean, they were talking about molecules um, and protons and neutrons. Or neur I'm, did I mess that up? I don't remember. Yeah, um, I'm an English teacher. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so there's, yeah, there's people who do it for projects, people who instead of 
present, um, doing a class presentation, um, they'll create a show me, um, like about geography and maps and highlighting different areas. Um, yeah, or there's people who, who actually have, have students submit test questions, um, as, as show me's. Um, so yeah, and then there's just random awesome students on the side who, use it for tutorials and they 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 make their own sort of like Khan Academy page. Um do it for fun, huh? Yeah, they just do it for fun or they say like they teach about things that, that they are experts of. So algebra or there was one I think it was a middle schooler who was teaching Latin, um and Latin vocab. Um and she was like, I'm available or like visit me on my show me page so you can learn everything about Latin from me. So um so yeah, it was it was pretty cool. All right, now Kika, I want to, and I like to ask this question usually when we talk to anybody that uh, is coming from a company like this. Oh, I know where um, this is going. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, well, maybe not, John. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not so much on the Apple side, which is no, probably I what you're thinking. But uh, I always like to know, you know, and, and maybe this is outside of your scope of uh, what's going on there, but uh, is there a a plan for monetizing the site or the, the app? Is there uh, – because it's free, right? Yes. It's a free app and it's free to use the site. Because that, that's um, one that always makes me nervous. It's like here's this great thing and these people certainly deserve to be making money off of this. And, you know, we want to make sure that it can survive and, you know, so that we'll have it, uh, you know, years on down the road. But uh, so I always like to throw that question out there. Yeah, um, we haven't quite figured that out yet, um, which doesn't <laughs> mean to say that we won't. Um, though, I mean, we have talked about maybe creating one, the first step, maybe creating a premium app. Um, our premium version of the app so it has more functions and you can add videos into your videos or, you know, just sort of different capabilities for people who want something a little bit more. Um, there's, there's that. Um, yeah, we haven't thought about it. I mean, I spoke to a teacher yesterday who was saying who they, he runs a one to one school in, um, like not just with iPads, but the teachers are one on one with students. Um, and he was saying how like he would love to have their whole school be able to put shummies on here and then if students came and wanted to do online classes then we would get a referral fee for you know coming through to their school and I was like okay look, I'll think about it right. um, but I mean yeah there's there's I feel like we don't want to we don't want to say that this is what we're doing this is what you have to pay us money for because we still are building something and we still don't know what the best version of it is so we're we're not going to be unfair and, and tell people that we that we want their money before it's perfect sure yeah and i totally understand that it's early on and uh i love the freemium model you know it, give people mm -hmm. some basic functionality and something uh -huh. that they're going to be able to use and love and then uh and then you know have some you know, bells and whistles on top of that, that the, they can pay for. Mm -hmm. And I love doing that personally because I think, uh, it, rather than me donating, I, I feel like I am getting something for what I'm paying for. So if I use something and I use it daily and I really love it and like it, then mm -hmm. I'm happy to send some money, you know, in, in that direction. But right. uh, I always feel better about it when I get, you know, a little something extra for it. Yeah, or that you can try it out and like learn, you know, know everything about it first. Um, instead of a, there sort of being that paywall there. Right. Uh, so yeah, 
that makes it makes sense. But now let me just ask real quick. Maybe you already mentioned this, and I, I could have missed it. Um, right now, you you kind of said that using like the app on the iPad is kind of the creation piece, and then the consumption mm-hmm. piece is online. Are you ever planning on going to a, a method where you could do this similar idea of making the videos, but do it through a, a computer? Um. Like for people who don't have access to the iPad, because I think a lot of people, you know, our listeners, if they don't have an iPad in front of them, they could care less about anything, anything we say right now, because it's it's just not something that they have accessible to them. Is that something that that you heard from other teachers that maybe having an option to do it online instead? Um. Yeah. Some people have. They have asked us, but um, I I'm not a tech person, so I don't know what that would mean to, to build it. Um. But yeah, I mean, people have also asked about, about Android, um, and just sort of maximizing it. I think we want to, I think we want to really make sure that we, we have the right capabilities down on the, on the iPad before we spread to anything else. Um, but it's definitely, I mean, it's something that we will probably think about in the future. Um, but also it's, it's kind of, unless you have a Wacom tablet, um, I don't know if you guys, use those, but it looks almost like a pen and a mouse pad. Right. Um, it's kind of difficult to draw on on a computer. Um, like with a mouse, things just, like nothing is as smooth and um, it, it just, it doesn't work out as well um, to, to use to use a, a mouse pad on the computer. Right. And, and that's my, actually my, my tip of the week is a, uh, is about using a stylus on the iPad, so I won't keep you for that. But yeah, I got okay. something in store for us about that. Okay. Yeah, that. That is one thing that I had to get used to was using your index finger to write can be a little little clumsy, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So, well, we we won't keep you all day, Kika. Is there okay. anything else you uh you want to mention before we we let you go? Um, no, just uh, any teacher should feel free to contact me with questions. Um, or if they, you know, want to. Skype with their classrooms, and I'm totally happy to do that. Um, or just, I just want to hear from everyone. So, yeah, my email is kika at showme.com, um, and I'm happy to talk with anyone. I, I want to throw out there, teachers, uh, if you're having any kind of like a career day or anything like that, I think Kika would be somebody that'd be interesting to talk to. Yeah, definitely. I love talking about New York City and startups and technology, so I'm totally down for that. And she is a manager, and that's a, a pretty big uh, title. <laughs> yes, I'm not an organizer. I'm a manager. <laughs> Sean, do you remember we had a we had a, a guest on a, a couple weeks ago? He was uh, actually from Google, and his. Do you remember what his uh, his title was, Sean? I remember evangelist. Yes, he, he called yeah. himself an evangelist, and we we asked why, and he said, "Well, that's just the title that I gave myself," and everyone started <laughs> calling me that. So maybe next time uh, we talk, you could be community evangelist for sure. <laughs> yeah, I well, do. I do think he was the the lead thing. or senior evangelist yes, or something yes. like that. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, he managed all the other evangelists. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're looking for evangelists for show me. So someone like you could be an evangelist or another teacher could be an evangelist. So we're also looking for those. Oh, well, we'll definitely have to keep in touch because, like I said, I I just started experimenting this year with, with using my iPad. I got mine at the end of last year. Um, and I've, this was just a natural thing. It made sense to use an app like show me. So, yeah, I'll definitely be keeping in touch with you and, uh, you know, following up on some other experiences that I have, you know, as the year goes on. Okay, awesome. All right, well, Kika, thank, thank you, you so uh, much for having me. Yeah, thank you, and, and we'll definitely uh, keep in touch. And, again, all of your, your contact information will be on our show notes, so if anyone wants to uh, speak with with Kika yourself, um, 
it sounds like she's encouraging you to do so. Yeah, great. Thanks. All right, thank you, Kika. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye bye. Okay, so that was Kika Gilbert of the Show Me app for iPad. Yeah, uh, you know, I I want to say for some reason, and maybe it's just because uh, Show Me, like the Show Me State or something like that, it it sounded familiar to me, but I, I really had uh, obviously never played with it, uh, not really being the the Apple guy. Uh, but John, uh, what what do you think? You know, it it really is a wildly popular app right now among teachers, and that's why I was kind of surprised when. Um, she contacted me because I kind of pictured this real big, you know, monolith of a, a company, and, it's, and it really, it seems like it's kind of a small, you know, small run thing. So, um, yeah, when I first talked to her, it was very similar to the conversation we just had now. You know, she seems very connected, very grounded in, in what's going on in education, and, and that's kind of nice to see. I think sometimes, uh, especially things like apps and that kind of stuff, see education as a, a place to make a quick buck, and I don't really get that sense from showing me, so... Um, no, it was a good conversation we had. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess a good transition would be, and you already mentioned it, uh, as far as our tip of the week. Uh, so you have an idea for kind of making that whole input method a little bit easier and oh, a little yeah. bit cheap? Yeah. Oh, this is right up our, our tightwad alley, uh, Sean. So I was playing with the, the Show Me uh, app, and I, I did have a hard time writing with my finger. This it was, it just doesn't feel very natural. So I hopped on Amazon to see how much a stylus for the iPad cost, and they're they're actually pretty expensive. I saw some kind of cheap, but on average they were around twenty bucks, and I thought that's a lot of money. So um, I started doing some searching, and and I actually found a really cheap way to make a stylus for the iPad. It, it ended up costing me nothing because I just wandered around my my school building and, and stole stuff from people. But um, Basically, what, what you do is very, very simple. So if you have an iPad, and actually it works on any kind of touch device. So if you have like an, an iPhone or an iPhone Touch or an Android, any of those, it, it works on. If you take um, any kind of uh, pen casing, so a pen or a highlighter or something like that, and you kind of gut it, you take out that ink uh, cartridge in the middle. Okay. And then all I all you do is you take a piece of um, sponge. I found like a Scotch Bright sponge in the janitor's closet, and I cut a strip off of it and kind of twist it on up inside there. And um, sponges are actually uh, semi-conductive, I guess. So if you hold the sponge, you can actually write with the sponge. So essentially, all you're doing is you're making a a writing utility that that's holding this piece of sponge. Okay. And uh, all you have to do is then once it's inside, is you take a piece of wire and and make a connecting point inside. So I just jammed it down through the top and then wrap that wire around the outside. So essentially what you're doing is you're making contact between your hand and the sponge through the wire, and then you can write with it. So it it looks kind of weird because it's just a pen with a piece of sponge sticking out and, and wire wrapped around it, but it actually works pretty well, and it, it literally cost me nothing because I just used the pen I had on my desk, and I stole a sponge from the custodians and a piece of wire from the, the technology room. So uh, a cheap way to make a stylus for under a dollar. I like it. I like it. Hey, if you make one, uh, maybe you'll have to take a picture. Uh, you said you already have made one. Yeah, and I, yeah, I have pictures. I'll I'll put them on our uh, our forum so people can take a look at that. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that's very tight waterproofed. I like it. Yeah, it's like I said. I went down to the custodian and said I need a sponge, and she, he said, "Well, did you spill something?" I said, "No, no, I'm making something with my iPad." He said, "Whatever, just take it." <laughs> he didn't even need to know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, if you're uh, if you're out there and you're uh, somewhat uh, industrious, I guess if you can do a good job uh, at making these things, I guess you can make twenty bucks a piece. <laughs> exactly. Them, right? 
Well, and that's what I, you know, I showed my students because they saw me playing with my iPad anyway, and one of them said, oh, you should sell those. And I said, how can you? All I did was just put a sponge inside of a pen. Like, it just, it sounds way cooler when you say I made a stylus, but really you're just you're writing with a sponge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I, I guess it's a perfect time to kind of wind things down then. And uh, if you're interested in finding out how to make a stylus out of a sponge <laughs> or uh, or also uh, finding out more about uh, Show Me, uh, you can find links to all of that. So showme.com and uh, uh, John's great pictures of his stylus or someday maybe even pictures of a uh, an accordion, right? John? I keep forgetting to put my accordion <laughs> pictures up. I, I have them. I have them ready. I'm going to put everything up this week, I promise. All right. We've got to get those up there. Uh, so you can find all of that great uh, great stuff at elementopi.com. Uh, so uh, go on over to the website. You can uh, find back episodes of our show, uh, see what other shows we have to offer, and uh, join in on the forums and become a part of the community. So uh, elementopi.com. You can also follow us at Twitter, and uh, that's at elementopi, uh, or if you'll just search elementopi, go to that primary page there. And uh, you'll find a list there for Tightwad Teacher. Follow that list, and you'll get a uh kind of a combined feed of uh, the hosts of this show. Uh, you can also find us at facebook.com slash elementop. And uh, we're still, uh, I think we're still looking for enough likes to get that uh, so that we'll have facebook.com slash teacher. So uh, go on over there and like the show. And uh, you can also call us. And I'm going to, uh, I didn't put it in the show notes, John. I don't, I don't even think I've mentioned it to you. But we, we have a new phone number now that we're going to be using. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I and, know you mentioned uh, that. So I, I actually don't have that in the show notes for this show. So I guess we'll leave that for next week. But uh, the, the old phone number still works and will continue to work. So you can call us at 530-FRUGAL, F-R-U-G-A-L-2. So five three zero frugal and the number two, and that will uh, that will uh, allow you to leave us a, a voicemail and uh, with any suggestions or questions or uh, whatever you uh, whatever you'd like to to leave us there. So give us a call; we'd love to get a message from you. Uh, so uh, that that's it. And uh, I, I, that was pretty cool, John. I got to say, it was kind of neat how those ones fall into your lap, right? I yeah, and you know, and show by show, I'm slowly trying to uh, sneak the the iPad Apple revolution into your brain. I don't know if it's worked yet, but <laughs> well, uh, and now. it's funny, you know, because uh, I have you know in the new job, I've been uh, having to lay hands more and more on the iDevices and the Macs and. Uh, my district has a decent amount of those devices, still primarily PCs, but uh, there's certainly uh, a lot of uh, Macs and uh, iPod Touches and uh, iPads are starting to make their way in there. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm already being indoctrinated and uh, and getting to see their use in the classroom, which is something that I really look forward to because uh, as much as I don't mind being a detractor, of maybe spending money on those devices, uh, I, I really want to see how they're being used. And uh, the biggest question for me is, can we justify the expense? So uh, I'm going to be finding out more and more about that uh, as the weeks and months uh, roll on. We'll have to hear about that. Because like you said in the past, it's not that they're bad devices. They're just pricey devices. And, and you kind of have to justify if, if they're worth the cost sometimes. Right, right. And yeah, so I, I'm going to get a good 
firsthand experience of uh, being able to see that, and uh, I'll be able to you know speak a little more authoritatively, and uh, and yeah, you never know, John. I could become a convert too. That there's always that chance, I guess. <laughs> you know, you know what's going to happen. We're going to convert you, and then you're gonna you're not going to be the, the the host anymore of the show. So no one will be able to hear your uh, your praise. <laughs> Maybe that'll be it, though. Maybe somewhere down the road, uh, you you'll have to have me back on like as a guest, and I can. Yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, that could be your your final sign off for the last show that you do here. And this is Sean, and I like Apple now. Right. <laughs> or you could bring me back on, and maybe we'll do like a video episode, and I'll I'll dress in uh, jeans and a, a mock <laughs> black mock turtleneck. <laughs> you know, we we haven't talked about it a whole lot, and I mean everyone else has, so it's not like we're we're really missing our our opportunity, but. With the whole recent Steve Jobs passing, uh, they, I've seen pictures everywhere and news articles that the, the hype thing, the trendy thing right now is to get the little Apple tattoo, you know, like the Apple. Oh, yeah. Thing, but, yeah, I've seen that. But instead of the bite mark, it's a silhouette of, of Steve Jobs' face. <laughs> that, that, that's a little much. <laughs> you yeah. You your grandkids someday. I don't know. I mean, I like Apple stuff. I think like my iPad, but uh, that that's a little weird. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, to each their own, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. All right. Well, uh, I think that's a great note to wrap up on. So uh, let's let's get out of here, John, and uh, uh, go uh, get some rest and relaxation, and uh, we'll do it all again next week. So, so I guess for now, I'll just say uh, this is Sean signing off. All right, and John signing off.